Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. Here we are. Today is actually Easter Sunday. It's the most holy day in the Christian calendar. It's the day, maybe if you drove uh, here, and you may have passed some churches, and they're all packed today. It's, today's the day a lot of Christians, they only would go today, or maybe today and Christmas. And some of the signs on the churches, I know I passed one on the way, and says, Christ is risen, or he is risen. So we want to talk, our topic today is about spiritual kirtan revolution, heart-opening revolution. So this idea of he, he is risen, we're going to uh, touch on that a little bit. And it's also April Fool's Day, right? <laughs> so um, you're, a devotee is always supposed to remain a fool before his spiritual master. And so why am I speaking? So there's a beautiful prayer that says that, um, by the grace of the sadhus, by the grace of the holy people, of the gurus, um, even a blind person can see the stars, a lame person can climb a mountain, and even a fool can, can uh, become a great orator. So bear with me, I'll try to not be too foolish <laughs> for you today. So, so yeah, our topic is Kirtan Revolution, or Heart Opening Revolution, which we're kind of experiencing this weekend with the capital Kirtan. So... Um, what comes to mind when you think of the word revolution? Um, Webster's Dictionary says to rotate, to turn, to revolve, right? To change. Or the other definition is a radical and pervasive change in society and the social structure, especially one made suddenly and often accompanied by violence. So when we think of revolutions, there's so many revolutions in history. All of us have studied some history in school. There's the, the Russian Bolshevik Revolution. There was the French Revolution, which was accompanied by reigns of terror. There was the so-called Cultural Revolution in China, which was really sort of an anti-cultural revolution. They really demolished the culture of so many thousands of years in many ways. There's the American Revolution, which, you know, as Americans, when we study the... Uh, the American Revolution, it seems very righteous, heroic, and patriotic because history is written by the victors, right? But of course, anyone who disagreed, they had to run. They had to leave they, or be killed, lose, lose all their property. So revolution, what does it mean? It means, revolution means to tear down the establishment, to rally around a new one, which is often not able to fulfill the promises that they make. It means grabbing or grasping for power. But then there were um, nonviolent uh, civil disobedience movements, which we understand were inspired originally from, by Lord Chaitanya's uh, Sankirtan movement of, of about 500 years ago. Um, there was the Gandhi's Satyagraha civil disobedience movement inspired by Chaitanya, and then there was a civil rights movement of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., so, yeah, Lord Chaitanya inspired this. They, they took the kirtan out into the streets, and, and the, the Kazi and the, and the high-caste Brahmins were protesting, but they didn't care. They said that nothing can stop the Sankirtan of the Holy Name. This is, 
This is the victory of the holy name. So, um, yeah. So, unlike these other revolutions, the, these spiritually based revolutions, like you could say, Gandhi, there was a lot of spirituality in what Gandhi was doing, and certainly in what Martin Luther King Jr. was doing. So they were looking for, they had higher purposes. But because Gandhi, his purposes were really more political. Um, once the Archbishop of Canterbury said that Gandhi is a saint amongst the politicians and a politician amongst the saints. So uh, truly spiritual revolutionaries, their purposes are their vision is fixed beyond this world. Their purposes are not simply um, political, political change, but heart change, right? We're look, looking for heart change, a revolution for opening the heart. So this revolution is actually counterintuitive. Usually revolutions are about taking up arms, right? Um, but this revolution is about uh, laying down my defenses, putting down my defenses, becoming vulnerable, right? Relinquishing the false crown that was never really mine, right? So I, as I act, act in this world, I might ask myself, where have I gone wrong, right? I tried to act as the center of all existence, but it, it hasn't really worked so far, right? So, um, yeah, this religion begins with humility. It becomes, it's, it's about becoming vulnerable to call out to to the one who is actually in charge, to the one who is actually the big boss of this world, right? So if you think about it in this way, think of this metaphor that the, you could say, I mean, there, this is really, they say that America is a country of immigrants. Most, all of us, if we're not Native Americans, we're all coming from families of immigrants. So think of the refugees, the experience of the refugees. And in fact, um, the peaceful native country of my heart has been usurped, has been overthrown by a foreign regime, by a cruel dictator. And who is that cruel dictator? My own false ego, right? My own peaceful native place has been overthrown, usurped. And we've all become refugees. We've lost that peaceful native place. We have like a spiritual amnesia. We can't remember who we are, what our purpose is, who our real family is, where we belong. It's like we're on a death march, a forced exile, a death march to repeated birth and death. Um, and, and, and we can't remember who is the long lost beloved person of our hearts, right? So once in the late 60s, Allen Ginsberg said something very visionary. He said that the Hare Krishna mantra I don't know if any of you have heard this before, but he said that the Hare Krishna mantra is the national anthem of the countercultural revolution. Isn't that amazing? I don't think he really realized how visionary that statement was at the time, but he did say that. So this is a, the victory of this revolution will be that we give up. We give up trying to dominate the world as the king or queen of the castle, king of the hill, queen of the hill, right? By giving up what's false, we gain what's actually true. Coming down off the high throne of false ego, I'm not the king or queen, but rather in love, right? We place Radha Krishna in the most merciful forms of their holy names um, on, the, on the throne of our hearts. So how does this work? 
How does this kirtan cause the change of heart to come about? We have layers of coverings, false designations, collected impressions of many lives, and I, the um, eternal soul, I'm underneath all of these designations, right? And we begin to hear in kirtan, and the, the soul, the real me, the real you, begins to recognize. Actually, the soul recognizes that sound. There's this beautiful resonance, and we feel the happiness of that resonance in calling out Krishna's holy name, right? Um, so imperceptibly at first, but we, as we call sincerely, there's a response. It's a, kirtan is called a call and response, as a child calls to its mother, as a lover calls to her lover. So the kirtan begins to wake us up after so many lifetimes of sleep. We, this spiritual amnesia that we're suffering from begins to be relieved, that I've forgotten who I am, I've forgotten my purpose, and I've forgotten who is the supreme person that I'm meant to love the most, right? In the most merciful form of his name. So as we call out sincerely, we begin to polish, we're polishing the heart. The heart's like a mirror, or you could say it's like a magnet, right? Krishna's said to be all attractive, but I'm so unfortunate. I'm not attracted. How could be, he be all attractive? But I'm not attracted. Just like a magnet attracts, right? But if the magnet is covered by grime and grease and rust, then it, does, it can't attract powerfully. So it takes time. Just as constant drops of water wear away stone, the stone heart begins to melt. The rust and grime on the mirror of the heart begins to be, be cleared away. And the magnet of the heart begins to become attracted to the all-attractive Krishna. So we have to chant and call out and polish the mirror, the magnet of our hearts. And what's the best way to participate in kirtan? How, does the, how can the mantra deeply and powerfully um, uh, have its effect? And, and how can we see what's happening clearly? So just as we take part in this kirtan, which is going on, for a few more hours today, um, just, just try to breathe in deeply and be fully present to hearing the sound. Try to hear it as though it's for the very first time. Maybe you've been chanting this mantra for your whole life or for years. Try to hear each mantra as though you're hearing it for the very first time. Hear the sincerity of your own mantra, of your own voice, calling out the, the mantra of the holy name, right? And then, as Starbucks says, Starbucks says, pour your heart into it. That's what they tell their employees. So pour your heart into it. Just pour your heart into it. And remember that it's not about me. It's not, I mean, we want to be our best selves and sing as best we can and play the merdunga as best we can and the cartels as best we can. But it's not about me. It's not about how I sound or how I look when I play the merdunga, when I sing. It's about... Um, it's about each mantra being my personal offering, like a flower, each one placed at the feet of Radha and Krishna in their merciful names. One mantra, and then another, and then another, placing each mantra at the lotus feet of the holy name of Radha and Krishna. So hearing, receiving the mantra, the names of the dear most beloved person of the heart in this mood of humility. And then from the deepest place in my heart, try to call out. So we hear, we try to receive, right? And then we try to call out in this mood, not only chanting, but crying out that I am yours, right? To chant in relationship, right? I am yours. 
um, calling out to the beloved divine couple, please accept me in a mood of service, in a mood of helplessness, as a child cries for its mother, as, as though this could be the very last time. So hearing it as though you're hearing it for the first time, and then calling out as though, okay, maybe this is the very last time I will ever chant this mantra, calling out with your whole heart. So when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu started this kirtan heart-opening revolution, he explained what the victory of that revolution would look like, right? He gave seven items that constitute that victory. He gave seven purposes. Just like Prabhupada had seven purposes when he founded the ISKCON movement, Lord Chaitanya also had seven purposes. So the first one, or you could say, in terms of the revolution, you could say campaign promises, right? A lot of politicians, they have their campaign promises. Usually they fail. These campaign promises of Lord Chaitanya will not fail if we pour our sincere hearts into them, right? So the first one is that there should be a clearing of the heart, that we should, that the, that the holy name will clear the dust from the mirror of the heart, will clear away the designations that cover our hearts, that we're thinking, I'm white, I'm black, I'm Indian, I'm American, I'm a woman, I'm a man, I'm from this country, that country, whatever. All these designations are false. And all of these designations become clear by this heart-opening revolution. The second one, um, I was thinking all revolutions promise freedom, right? This revolution promises freedom from the cycle of birth and death. Amazing, right? These are the victories that are promised by Lord Chaitanya. Do we believe him? Can we pour our hearts into it? Pour your heart into it. The third one, to be awakened to a desire to love and to serve. How beautiful would that be? The fourth one, that my true identity becomes revealed, who I am and how am I supposed to serve in relationship that most beloved Lord of my heart and how to realize that, that supreme loving person, right? Number five is that a wave of bliss that was unknown before, that we've never experienced, begins to rise in my heart, right? Number six is that a complete heart bath submerges me and cools my burning heart. You ever feel like your heart is just burning with so much craziness, so much stuff that you hear or say or whatever? So the burning heart becomes cooled as I begin to know myself as an eternal spirit, right? And the last one is that a full moon of love in relationship with Krishna rises in my heart, an exchange of pure love that's way beyond liberation, right? So to refocus, what is the best way to enter into the mood of kirtan? To call out with a simple, sincere, childlike heart, oh, Radha Krishna, please come. You call someone, you're asking them to come, right? Radha Krishna, please come. I am yours. Please accept me and allow me to serve you with my whole heart in some tiny way. I am not the center of existence. I'm not the king or queen of the temple of my heart. I'm a tiny spark, spark-like servant, and I'm calling out to you both to please pick me up. You are the supreme beloved persons, Radha Krishna, the actual king and queen of the country of our hearts. Please come. I am yours. Please pick me up from this darkness of forgetting you 
And please open my heart to revolving around you. Please open my heart to this new revelation, this new revolution of loving you. Thank you very much.
Hare Rama, 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 Rama,
कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे
Jai Gaurav Hari Ba.